You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference of Illinois. We're having some problems here, but I think we've uh, got our act together here. Uh, thanks for uh, taking some time to listen to our show this morning on the Catholic Conference Radio Hour, where we discuss a number of different public policy issues, and I think today's show will do just that. And uh, it's a beautiful morning here in Chicago. And let me do a quick rundown, and, and I don't want to spend too much time doing this because we have a lot of guests with a lot of interesting topics and information to give to us. Um, our first guest is going to be somebody who's been in the media recently. Uh, her name is Gloria Purvis. She has her own radio show. It's a national show. It's on EWTN, and it's called Morning Glory. And she's been uh, making some statements about what's going on with our culture with regard to uh, the George Floyd uh, death and and racism and, and the church's uh, responsibility to it. Gloria will be our first guest here just in a minute. And after that, we're going to make a good segue to uh, talking to a state rep. His name is LaShawn Ford. He's been on the air with us before. And LaShawn's going to talk to us. I'm sorry, Representative Ford is going to talk to us about uh, what the legislature is doing to uh, attempt to address some of these issues in society with uh, police accountability, criminal justice reform, et cetera, et cetera. So it'll be a good segue into the next topic. Uh, and then at the bottom of the hour, we're going to break it up and uh, have a, a bit of a lighter topic. Uh, we're going to talk to Stif Sister Stephanie Bellagia. You may recall uh, a couple weeks ago, she ran the Chicago Marathon uh, on a treadmill and uh, raised a lot of money, and I think she set a world record. And we'll talk to Sister Stephanie about the trials and tribulations of raising money uh, while running a marathon on a treadmill. I run a marathon. I can't even imagine what that's like running on a treadmill. So that'll be kind of an interesting story. And then at the end, um, we want to do a pitch for a, uh, a great event coming up. Um, uh, ben Watson, who played in the National Football League, is going to be in town, and he's going to be doing a benefit uh, dinner for Aid for Women, uh, a crisis pregnancy center. We're going to be talking to Molly Perry, who is on the board of Aid for Women, as of I, uh, and she's going to talk about Ben Watson coming to town uh, to talk to Aid for Women. And coincidentally, our first guest, Gloria Purvis, has also spoken at an Aid for Women event some time ago. She did a breakfast, uh, I think, before one of the Marches for Life, if I recall. So hopefully, through the uh, miracles of technology, which we were struggling with a little bit here, but uh, we have on the phone with us Gloria Purvis. Gloria, you with us? Oh. So glad to talk to you. How you doing, Pop? Hey, Gloria. It's so great, <laughs> great to hear your voice. Uh, just for everybody knows, Gloria and I do know each other. We've known each other yeah. for, for, a, for a, a long, long time. time. And uh, yes. both are proud parents of uh, children um, that we yes. have miraculously uh, been put in our lives. And, <laughs> yes, uh, indeed. And uh, it's just so, so great to hear your voice again. And I hope you're well and your family's well. And uh, and and things are going well same on your end. Same, same to you. Thank so, you. Uh, yeah. You know, I am a recent um, 
uh, convert to Twitter, and I, not that I'm on it a lot, but but boy, you're on it a lot, and you have a lot to say. And I'm more of a reader than a talker at this point in time because I think I probably get fired. Um, <laughs> and so I know you've had uh, you you've been in the news lately and talking yeah. a little bit about. Um, you know, it's interesting, it, and I, I heard your name a couple times, and, and I saw the topic, and, I, and I'll have to admit, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the church's teachings, we're going to talk about racism, and we're going to talk about yeah. what it means to responsible Catholic. And, you know, I, I heard there was a controversy, and I kind of didn't really pay much attention to it because I just didn't have time, and I kind of went back and I looked at it, and I kind of shrugged my shoulders a little bit and said, well, what is she saying? And, right. and and she's saying racism is a sin. I'm like, okay, got right. that. And beyond that, right. I mean, I, I, yeah. I can understand maybe when we got into Black Lives Matter, maybe that was a little bit controversial. But but why don't you just mm-hmm. kind of tell us what you've been saying yeah. and what 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 point you're trying to make about what's going on in our culture today and yeah, what should we what I should th- we be focused on? Yeah, well, I think um, number one that we forget racism is a sin, and the reason church speaks about it is not because we're woke, but because people can go to hell for that sin. And I think, unfortunately, in our culture today, we've allowed these matters to become merely political discussions, mm-hmm. temporal arguments, uh, you know, uh, yeah. that you know, we got to own the libs and all this kind of nonsense. And I was like, you all are making, you all are emptying the gospel out of the conversation. And as a Catholic, I'm like, everything has to go through the lens of our faith. Um, all of these things should go through the lens of our faith. And so, uh, I was saying, reminding people that this is what racism is. It makes God into a liar. It says that not every human person is made in his image and likeness. Not every human person is worthy of dignity and respect. Only some people are. And that's a life in the pit of hell. And if we don't understand that basic truth, I think we're we're lost. And if we allow all this um, nonsensical you know, mm-hmm. left versus right, progressive versus conservative, to yeah. dominate the conversation, I think we've been, uh, <laughs> for other shows, that we are deceived. Um, and, and, and I also was uh, talking about um, uh, policing. And unfortunately, whenever someone makes a critique, at least in my case, of police brutality, people somehow equate that to mean all policing. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute, when we talk about the evils of abortion, we don't say all doctors, you know what I mean? Sure. We don't then say, but, you know, it's like almost crazy to me that when we talk about policing, people have to jump to say, well, not all police, but we don't make that same kind of clarification when we talk about abortion. Well, not all doctors. And I think the reason people feel the need to say, well, not all police, I, I mean, I don't understand that because clearly we're talking about an abuse of police powers, and we should be talking about an abuse of police powers. And um, and why that's not compatible with who we are a, a, as Catholics, and um, to be able to uh, critique that and to say we have to do better uh, has really riled up a lot of people. And for some reason, they will not accept a critique of public safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just been shocking to me, particularly because I'm like, how could any serious Catholic look at that George Floyd video? How could exactly. any pro-life Catholic right. look at that George Floyd video and not see uh, something that's horrific? Uh, as, a, as somebody who's deeply pro-life, believe in the protection of the child in the womb and the mother and all of that, I um, when I saw it, I, it, it hit me like watching an abortion video. Mm-hmm. I felt uh, repulsed, angry, desperate, begging him to stop. I remember watching a video and just 
Yeah, like, it's hard to watch. Instinctively, yeah. my hands, like, pushing as if I'm pushing him off. And I said, in the name of God, please stop. Yeah. And, and I felt like anybody watching that um, could, would feel that way. Any Catholic, any particularly any pro-life, anybody, you just would be horrified. But instead, I have to say, I've been very disappointed to see language around uh, sort of the same kind of arguments you see in pro-abortion circles. Language used to dehumanize George Floyd the way they dehumanize the child in the room so that we don't have empathy mm-hmm. for him. So people say things like, you know, I hope his family gets justice, but, you know, he did X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. which basically is their way of trying to dehumanize him. And that, to me, is a sign of the devil. The same demonic tricks mm-hmm. used to, to yeah. dehumanize the child in the womb are the same demonic tricks they're trying to use to dehumanize George Floyd. And shame on, shame on any Christian not just Catholic, shame on any Christian, the false for that anti-Christian uh, nonsense, those, those hateful talking points. And, and I'm sad to say, somebody, many people sent me a video of some public person continually pushing that, yeah, that demonic lie. Right, I'm not right. going to say who, who the person is, uh, because I don't want to give them any more air time. Yeah, no, I, I, I want to give it, but you know, I think I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah, you know, you, you also said something like, you know, and not only did he deserve to 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 live, but I think you said he also deserved a natural death, which is which is yeah. really, you know, kind of, you know, I, I when he said that, I think you said that. I thought, well, you know, that is a yeah, good point. I did. Um, yeah, it, it is hard to watch that video and and not be. It, it, it's 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 it, there's no condoning that. And I don't understand why mm-hmm. anybody would mm-hmm. go down that road. And like you said, it is very frustrating to hear people say, look, hey, I- I've done things. I'm sure people could pull up things I've said or done and, you know, and they'd say, well, hey, mm-hmm. you're a spokesperson for the church and you said X or did Y. Well, yeah, OK. You know, we're not all saints. Um, <laughs> right, and the right, man right. and the man. Yeah, he had problems. OK, he yeah, did, but he didn't. Yeah, he did, he did deserve a natural death and, and yeah, he didn't deserve yeah. to die. Gloria, how do you how do you define racism? Do you have a definition yeah. of it? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. We, uh, so, this is a problem. I think we yeah, don't have a yeah, common yeah. definition. So, so uh, you know, there's a well, there's racism, and then there's systemic racism. But basically, at the at the root of racism is the denial of the human person and being made in the image and likeness of God. And it doesn't uh, have to be the overt KKK kind of uh, racism. Mm-hmm. It could be an interior attitude toward people that you think yeah. they're less than, and the words and actions and commentary that you use toward that person um, and dispositions that you have toward that person uh, leads to one where you don't uh, give them the dignity and respect that they are due. And it it, it comes from a place of racial animus. Even if someone is not, uh, doesn't see themselves, well, I'm not, and I'm not racist, but you may have, um, um, Mm -hmm. uh, how should I say this, uh, sympathy for attitudes that are, particularly we talk about in the United States, that are anti-black. And for example, let me just say this, because I've seen this a lot from Catholics. You know, for years I've been posting pictures that I found beautiful art of um, Jesus or the Blessed Mother with mm-hmm. black skin. And I tweet these pictures, and then, you know, the, the, the racial animus comes really? out. People yeah. start to say, you know, you're lying about who Jesus is, yet they have <laughs> no critique whatsoever of the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus. Right, right. You know, right. that's sure, normative and truthful. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm like, what are you guys talking about? But then when you see this kind of anti-black animus, and these people would say they're not racist, but you put the Blessed Virgin Mary with some black skin or Jesus with some black skin or any of the saints or apostles, and boy, you see it come right to the forefront. 
yeah. and people will say it very um, openly, and it's um, it's shocking. And, and these will be people who identify themselves as devout Catholics, and I'm like, boy, don't they see that how they've been lied to and socially conditioned in a way to find um, blackness associated with God is uh, unacceptable. And so that tells you a lot right there. I think what you said, a phrase, social conditioning, and, and I'm not exactly sure of that meaning of that phrase, but I think I know what you're talking about. And I and I think there's some there, there's a lot there because I look at, you know, we we're talking about our children and uh-huh. I, I don't see it in them at all. They, they right. don't care. They play with Johnny or Sally or Susie or Bertrand exactly. or whatever because they're nice to them or they want to throw rocks in the air like we were doing yesterday. Uh, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. they, it, it's just sort of that commonality. I don't. And, and at some point in time, there is I think there is a bit of social conditioning that goes on. And I think some of it some of it is is over. But a lot of it is covert. Uh, yeah. and, and, and I think that those cues are picked up on over time. And that can lead to maybe behaviors that we need to call attention to and and, and try to root them out and, and deal with them in a constructive manner. How do you think we should go about doing that? Like, we're, we're, what can well, we start doing that's something that's tangible? Because I have to be honest with you, I, I, mm-hmm. I see this all the time. And, and look, yeah, I'm white. Uh, I don't hide mm-hmm. that. And, and, and I've had a good life and I've worked hard for it. But I, I yeah. you know, I understand. I, I, I have friends of mine, you know, African-American friends of mine. And yeah, you know, it's it, sometimes I hear their experiences and it, and it, it bothers me. It bothers oh, me. Oh, sure. It's sure. not fair. Well, I, think, I don't know what to do about it, but, well, well, you know, it bothers talk. me. Well, yeah. let's talk about it. So when I talk about social conditioning, I'm also talking about the centuries of conditioning in this country when we first agreed to tell the first lie about the human person, when we said that uh, African enslaved persons were not really mm-hmm. human and should be uh, made slaves for life based on the color of their skin. When we first did that agreement with the devil. That's when we started to get to work <laughs> on our understanding of the human person, working in our culture. Now, mind you, we had to tell this lie for centuries, right? And with that um, came uh, traditions, cultural practices, cultural representations, and laws that um, enabled this anti-black sentiment. And it's, so th- these are the kinds of things I'm talking about with, in terms of social conditioning. And mm-hmm. let me point to a more recent example, Aunt Jemima. The Aunt Jemima imagery was a part of a racist trope to try to depict black women in a particular way as always subservient, docile, and happy to serve white people. That was the mm-hmm. the the, mm-hmm. the imagery behind Aunt Jemima. And so when uh, the the company that sold that syrup decided, you know, we need to get rid of the Aunt Jemima image, people started to lament that. And I'm like, wait a minute, we should celebrate that. We should celebrate anything that um, gets us closer to telling us the truth about the human person instead of perpetuating racist stereotypes. And so these kinds of um, uh, Mm -hmm. cultural representation, Mm -hmm. storytelling and things like that, we should take a second look at, you know, uh, what is this really, how does, what is this telling us about the human person? Is it true? Is it false? And that's also part of the reasoning why there was so much um, uh, controversy over the Confederate statues, because the Confederate statues were, erected as a part of lost cause propaganda. What was lost cause propaganda? Basically, at the heart of it was that the South thought they had it right in terms of race mm-hmm. relations sure. when they fought the Civil War. And part of that is making sure that people understood that we had docile, happy Negroes in the South. And that's the way that are subservient to white people, and that is the way uh, race relations should be. That was a part of the lost cause uh, uh, myth. And so that's why people wanted to say, hey, let's not have these Confederate statues that were propaganda for that lost cause in public places and be celebrated. 
I'm not saying that they should be erased from his our memory. Of course, they have a place in sure. history and books it's, and, right. it and, and, and I think like that. But these are parts of the conversations that make people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I think we, we, need, we need to do it. And as Catholics, I think because we have a true image of who the human person is, uh, made in the image and likeness of God, worthy of dignity and respect, we should be leading these conversations. Is, and, it, um, yeah. is, is this an example of something that, like, look, it may not offend one party, but if it offends mm-hmm. the other party, you know, let's just do away with it. Because if you want to treat people with respect, and if they're bothered by it, well, then then we should deal with it. You know, and and right. and, and take it away. Is it that simple in some ways? I think you know we have. Um, I was talking with Dr. David Anders, and he says, you know, the virtue of amicability, right? Mm-hmm. If it uh, to the degree that whatever offends actually does. Uh, right. Uh, go to, uh, is a violation of the truth, then yes, we absolutely. I mean, does it violate the truth? That, that's the key question to me in all of these conversations. Does it violate the truth of who the human person is? If it doesn't, you know, we need to talk about how might we yeah. be able to do away with it. Um, and so those are the kinds of things that, you know, that I, I think we need to go into these conversations assuming positive intentions. Right. And just be honest. And have these real conversations, always motivated by the gospel message. Does this conform with who we are as human persons, made in the image and likeness of God? Does it tell a lie about who the human person is? Does it tell a lie about God? Um, If so, then let's jettison it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and and, and I think having this conversation in in a constructive manner that's non-confrontational or accusatory, um, yeah. I think the example you gave is 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 kind of you know off the top of my head, kind of a silly one, but I think it's a good one. Like Aunt Jemima, like look, I grew up mm-hmm. eating Aunt Jemima products. I saw it, you know, I never thought twice of it. But right. you know, okay, if it bothers the next guy, all right, well, you know, then let's just do away with it. If that's if you know, if, if those sort of things are like, let's just do away with that. I mean, wh- mm-hmm. why why can't we do that if we uh, ha- have a, a spirit of amicability? Right. Uh, well, I think it's the, the the notion that somehow what I've been seeing is that somehow people think that these are attacks against white Western civilization. Yeah. And um, uh, that's really we should talk about it. It is. Yeah. But I, also the fact that, you know, uh, Aunt Jemima was around for such a long time, people not knowing history or even the impact that it might have on people looking at it. What does this tell us? What does this teach us? And uh, also, I think we need to look at, you know, you're going to have the representative on next. I yes. think it's fair to look at what's appropriate for public safety and look at police union contracts. I remember the, the yeah, police officer I... that shot and killed 12-year-old Tamir Rice was later fired because he lied on his application. Not He didn't reveal that he'd been fired from a previous policing job, but then he was rehired by another police force. So all these kinds of things need to be examined in light of what is appropriate public safety. And how, do I, how does our storytelling, how does our reporting, how does our language impact how people perceive black people? Um, and uh, just there's so much in our history that we need to learn and know and be cognizant of and uh, revisit to try to say what is telling us the truth about the human person and God and our relationship to him. And does, this, does, this, does whatever we're seeing, reading and saying, how, or the laws that we have help us recognize that, or is it taking us further away from the gospel truth? Very well said. Gloria, we could talk about this all day. I'm sorry we have to go, but I think we I just know. not even, uh, uh, what do they say? Right, exactly, one of those. It's Monday morning. <laughs> I would have gotten that later on. Gloria, thanks so much. Keep doing what you're doing. I think thanks, what you're Bob. doing, you're adding to the conversation, and, you know, uh, one step at a time, right? 
Amen. Keep me in prayer. I, I, so I will, and please do with us, and hello to your family, and God bless you, Thank and you. Uh, all Thanks. of your good work. Thanks, Gloria. Thank you. Bye-bye. Great. Gloria Purvis, everybody. We're going to, don't go away, we're going to continue this conversation kind of in a different context. We're going to be talking to LaShawn Ford. He's a state rep, and he's dealing with some of these public policy issues, so let's ask him what Gloria said uh, when we come back. Don't go away, everybody. We'll be right back. Thank you.